0: So, we found out today that if you are in Florida and own a hair salon, a clothing store, or a yoga studio, all you have to do is throw in a couple suplexes and bam, you're in essential business. Thank you, Vince McMahon.
1: This and other relevant news coming up on the Miss Spots podcast.
0: Time to play the game! Time to play the game!
1: Yeah, so this is that's a, a thing. Wrestling is essential.
0: It is the the amount of problematic that this is, and the fact that there was apparently a big uh, payment out to the a super PAC to elect Republicans in, uh in Florida or whatever it from is from Linda and- McMahon. Yeah. And uh, just all the stuff that's coming out. And I I, I don't I didn't research this. I, I don't know how if everything there is 100 percent accurate or if the timing was really what it was. I, I don't want to pretend like I'm an authority on the subject. But listen, Linda McMahon worked for the Trump administration. DeSantis is basically little Trump. And... Uh, you know, obviously, Donald Trump is in the WWE Hall of Fame. So it's not surprising with a Republican governor here in Florida that uh, that something like this would happen. The, the the trickle-down effect, though, has to be AEW is based out of Jacksonville, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. So are they also an essential business?
1: Yeah, because uh, the wording that I, I remember—I'm not reading this verbatim, but I did read it. And it pretty much it. It's not just a WWE thing. It it no, states no, no. any professional sport that uh, can work within a closed environment and no crowd uh, can then be uh, essential. And this is having further reach with I. I from what I've heard, MLB is looking at uh, doing this for. Uh, having baseball games in Florida, um, and 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 much more than that, like going on, this this will have a further reach than just WWE. But it is being dubbed as such because WWE was getting threats from the Orange County Sheriff's Department to shut down uh, before this happened.
0: It is such a bizarre world that we live in at this point that the world of professional wrestling has been deemed essential to the state of Florida. Uh, this was also came off to the point where he, in the edict, I guess, Desantis mentioned the economy because uh, they're essential to the Florida economy. You and I both work in the in the beer bu- in the beer business, the beer industry. Yes, and I think we I think we're on the same page with this, but maybe we're not. I. My living is directly affected by whether or not our business should stay open. If I had a vote, I'd close every brewery in the state. I'd close every liquor store. I'd close every outlet that I can sell my beer in. i I, I don't understand how this how, how my business is essential and I certainly don't understand how the WWE is.
1: Uh, the the uh earlier of those two s- uh, sentiments is is i think uh i i think a little differently but this is we are not a a beverage podcast this one at well, least yeah, sure. uh uh but the fact that i'm living in a world where there is a global pandemic going on and any governmental body in this entire world has deemed WWE more essential than practically anything else that is closed is just mind-boggling like it's, a, it's this, strange times i would believe i believe so many other storylines going on in the WWE that are scripted over this <laughs> and this is real
0: yeah that's real but. And, what, and what else was real is the fact that we had an episode of Raw this last Monday, and I, after last week, and I was very sad and despondent, and it was pretty obvious in the episode, I tried to go into this with the most positive attitude I possibly could. As positive as I could be, I wanted to see the good aspects of this. I, tried to, I, I really wanted to go, okay, listen, this is a new week. Not everything's going to be terrible. I have to give everything a chance. And man, did I not like this episode of Raw.
1: What's funny is I feel like this is the first episode of Raw that didn't have a pre-recorded match thrown in there.
0: That's true. That's a good thing.
1: And it still wasn't all that great.
0: The the things that I just keep going back to is you had three in-ring promos that are not necess- not not necessary when there's not a live crowd. The W the the theme of the night to me for this week's Raw was the WWE has one play in their playbook and they just reuse it over and over and over again. When some when you have to do exposition, when you have to move a storyline across, someone walks out to their music, they pick up a microphone in the middle of the ring, and they say some words. Sometimes those words are very good. Becky Lynch's promo was very good. She took advantage of the fact that there was no crowd, a la Paul Heyman, a few weeks ago to Hype Mania, and gl- delivered a well-paced different tone promo and also (laughs) tried to cover for the fact that she acted like a silly goof for a couple weeks and I'll take it I mean it's it's I I think it's it's a it's a pretty big retcon but within the world of pro wrestling at least it gave me a reason why she was wearing a a fur coat and wearing the king's crown
1: yeah so it's more than we typically would get from WWE
0: yeah, And if they make to the fact that she's not a smiling jackass for the next couple months, then this could work really, really well. But even that being said, that she did a good job in that promo, why did she cut it in the middle of the ring? Why did Drew McIntyre do it? Why did we get an interruption with Andrade and, and have to hear Zelina Vega? And Andrade cut, uh, I couldn't understand the words he was saying. Why do we have to see the same thing over and over and over and over again they they have the ability here or the necessity here to do things a little bit different and they just refuse to
1: yeah uh, i mean they're the a lot of this episode was also built around the uh paper the upcoming pay-per-view of tlc and uh I, I I don't know, like, I don't know if I'm just emotionally and mentally drained from the state of the world that we're in right now, but just, it seems like everything that they throw at me is just like, yeah, okay, but why? Like, even if they try to give a good example as to why, it, it just, it falls on deaf ears with me, and maybe that's my fault, but... Uh, the the Becky promo was one good thing. Uh, the other uh, other thing that comes to mind immediately that I really enjoyed was Alistair Black's very simple promo at the end of his match. Like, I like that. What yeah. is your game plan? My game the plan win. is to win. Uh, I I like that. I I, I am digging. If there's any glimmer of, of hope that I can see in Raw, it is the booking of Alistair Black, I feel like has been done pretty well.
0: Pretty well, yeah. I, I won't disagree not with that. Not the best. It, yeah, not the best, but it's, it's definitely not been a detriment. It hasn't been an, an albatross around the neck of the promotion like so many things have been. I mean, just a quick rundown. MVP, please go away. Yeah. Uh, I, I, don't, I didn't like you when you were... A, a main stay on the roster i never thought he was very good and it he he's not really even a wrestler he's wrestled like two matches and he's in the money in the bank qualifying match give me a reason for that and they're it's, building it's, him as one of
1: the most experienced ladder match wrestlers in the company
0: sure <laughs> it's it's just dumb it's 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 there's there's nothing to that uh i st- i do not understand the love affair with asuka screaming in japanese i read article after article on websites with people that i usually agree with very much and they are loving this is the best part of raw every week it is unwatchable I, I fast forwarded the entire Ruby riot, riot and Asuka match because of it. I, fa- I watched I because that was it was a just, decent match. The match I I, I'm sure the match was fine. Asuka's an incredible professional wrestler, but having her scream in Japanese for 15 minutes is not interesting to me. I don't I do not get why this is entertaining. It actually seems embarrassing to me uh, for the most part and the the promo in the back with Kari same was just as bad. Uh, uh,
1: speaking of Japanese, uh, you catch King's little racist statement during the Akira Tozawa oh, the ramen
0: noodle or whatever it was. I, listen, <sighs> Jerry Lawler should not be doing commentary in 2020. No, there's nothing here for me anymore with him. He he was almost uh, during the Attitude Era. Everyone wants to put on the rose colored goggles. There were points where it was embarrassing then, and yeah. I was 18. And it was hard to listen to, so yeah, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of any of that. And uh, oh, the other big commentary thing that I loved, uh, and this is I know this is this is live TV again, but Byron Saxton wants to be a fly on the wall in the mind of Shayna Baszler.
1: I didn't <laughs> catch that.
0: That is one of the most brilliantly idiotic lines I think I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. Thank you. Thank you, uh, uh, Byron Saxton. Uh, I did like the fact that Baszler, you know, just kind of murdered Sarah Logan, who is now no longer with the company, unfortunately. Uh, but I, I think it was the right right move or something like that. And then uh, let's just talk about this new faction that we have officially in the WWE. Zelina Yawn. and Friends? Yawn. Yawn. Selena Vega cannot carry a commentary segment at all. She has a good voice and a good presence, but I guess without scripting, she has very, very little to add in that situation. Or maybe it's just inexperience. That's fine. But that comes across in a empty arena with no crowd. It, It was very apparent that she didn't have much to say. She kept repeating herself. It wasn't very good. Yeah. Austin Theory has all the charisma of a creator wrestler <laughs>
1: there is he n- looks like one too he
0: he does it is there is nothing that i i sat there and watched this match with tazawa going okay No, this isn't a tag match that doesn't matter, and this guy was just thrown into it. This is not having to retcon a storyline because of illness and this, that, and the other. This is a guy who's now in a new faction with a guy in Andrade who I I think is a great worker who should never speak again on, on camera, and with Garza who has tons of charisma. Go, show me what you got. It was about as bland of a WWE-style match as you're ever going to see. It was a nothing sandwich, and did, and I basically said, okay, well, this guy doesn't have anything that he's ever going to show me that's going to be interesting. And, uh, I mean, I could be proven wrong. Obviously, he's got a great physique, and I've heard people are high on him. But certainly, this is a person who debuted with no hype, no vignette, no nothing. Yeah. I guess out of necessity, sure. But listen, we're still cutting freaking video packages uh, on AEW for guys that debuted a month ago, right? So why can't you cut a video package? You had three hours and very little to put on TV. Give me a video package on Austin Theory and why he's important and give me some reason who he is and his charisma and, and show him in a light that's positive, not just going out there being a bland creator wrestler, Doing a paint-by-numbers match with little to no charisma uh, you know accentuate your talent don't put them out there to die and they did that and the other big part about this two big parts one andrade is the u.s champion he goes out there and loses in the main event with his help on the outside he basically three on one loses yeah yes he lost to the champion but why did you put him there in the first place? You're trying to establish a new faction. You're trying to establish a U.S. champion, and you run him out there and have him get mauled by one guy.
1: Yeah, in a single night, they tried to build up the faction as dangerous by having them twice beat up single guys in like a, a gang up techni- uh, like tactic, only for their leader to lose in the same episode
0: and it you the, the thing that i love about this is people go well what else you're gonna well, you're gonna have them beat Drew, you're no, gonna I have, wouldn't a, have a, a, him a non-finish with drew yeah just don't do it this is booked <laughs> this is you know that you didn't they have, have to control do this. yes you could have not done this there's no reason for it. I love the fact that they used the history with Drew in NXT. I think that's great. But why here? Why now? Build this faction up. Give them uh, some time to get some momentum. Do this a month and a half, two months from now. And yeah, sure, Andrade can lose that match. Just like Jake Hager lost to Moxley on Wednesday in a, on Dynamite. You c- a guy can be built up and lose but give us some momentum so that we actually think they might be able to win and give us a reason for them to come out of it to actually be strong after it. But when you've got a guy in Drew McIntyre that beats your entire faction cleanly in the middle of the ring, after you've boasted about how great you are and you've introduced a bunch of wrestlers, we still don't have that much background on Garza. Hell, we still don't have that much background on Andrade. Yeah. They've never given us a reason to get behind these people. I know they're heels. They never get a, re- a reason to boo these people. They just run out the same garbage every week over and over again to the point where you're like, ah, I, have we seen McIntyre and, and Andrade on WWE TV in the last couple months? We haven't, but I wouldn't be shocked if you told me we had.
1: And all of this was done for, to set up Seth Rollins.
0: And th- th- such a man moment. I mean, Seth, I I like the fact that his character is getting a little bit delusional and detached. I like the fact that he cut some cryptic promos. I, I like some of this aspect of his character. But this is a guy who just lost at WrestleMania. And now he's being thrust into a title picture. If he's a guy for, for Drew to beat, which he almost assuredly is, fine. But it's I'm not excited about it. It's I a haven't man moment. either. It's okay. It's just okay. And sometimes you just you just need okay. You don't go from a hot feud if you want to call Lesnar and Drew a hot feud. I don't <laughs> think it was particularly hot. It was a six out of ten. You don't go from that feud, the WrestleMania feud, to another amazing feud very often. So it's fine, but it's certainly not exciting uh, you know, across the board. And then, you know, housekeeping, Nia Jax still can't wrestle, uh, still is not interesting and not really all that interested in what she's doing. Someone must have told every woman that came out for the qualifying match to stare at both ladders or the ladders on both sides, and then stare up at the Money in the Bank briefcase. Why do they do that? Because the WWE has one play in their playbook, and they play it over and over and over and over again. Because if they
1: don't have the ladders and they don't have the briefcase hanging... Kevin, how are people supposed to know that they're building towards that pay-per-view other than mentioning that the pay-per-view is coming up multiple times throughout the television and having qualifying matches and, you know, just having a schedule in place? But other than those things, how are people supposed to know if they don't point and look and see those objects
0: it is it is such an it is such a repetitive thing that you don't believe that six competitors are going to come out and do the exact same thing there's no personality to it it's it's literally feels like someone right before they walk out goes all right remember to look to your left and look to your right and look at all those ladders and take it all in and then make sure you look at that briefcase Really, really sell it, guys. We got to know this is happening. No, commentary is telling us that it's happening. Everyone knows that it's happening. In AEW, the TV, uh, the TV championship, the TNT championship is not at ringside sitting there for them to look at like the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal Trophy was because we, we're we not idiots. We know. They told us it's a qualifying match, so we know what they're doing and it's just it's it's just another another instance like the wrestlemania sign pointing like everything else at wwe that feels scripted and sterile and absolutely boring bob lash and lana wwe is working very hard to prove a point they had no idea what they were doing with this garbage storyline they had no plan to come out of that garbage storyline and now you have two people Two charisma vacuums now (laughs) that have no heat, that have no interest from anyone, and we're supposed to maybe like one of them. When both of them are deplorable and you want them both to go away forever, why would we care that they're splitting up or having tension? In what world is this a narrative that anyone will want to follow?
1: you know i never thought of it in that way and that is probably the most spot on thing i've ever heard about about them like yes when you have two go away baby uh, heels why are we supposed to feel anything for their tension
0: no I, one would be broken hearted if bob lash never wrestled again ever And no one at this point, Lana was one of the hottest commodities in the business at one point. She had that kind of late 90s Sable vibe because she could talk a little bit, she looked the part, and she was a heel manager with Rusev who was a hot commodity himself. And the tension between them and all the things that they could have done with that A babyface run with those two. They had so much to work with and nothing. And that is not the talent. That is the company. They fucked that up and they gave us this and they gave us garbage uh, across the board. I am going to say, Mike, a good thing about a street profit segment.
1: Oh, oh, oh. Wait, I I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, but go ahead anyway.
0: When Bianca Belair walks in (laughs) and says, Stop playing games, I stood up. I saluted. I know none of them are in the military, but I saluted. I said, Thank you. Someone is saying something relevant to these two. Stop being morons. Who are doing whatever they're doing out there and be the tag team champions. Then she told them to go get, get that the smoke. smoke. Yeah. <laughs> and I still don't know what that means. So I booed. So I liked the, I hated the first part, love the middle. I really like Bianca Belair. I'm a big fan. I think that she has an impressive physique and impressive in-ring work. I, I think she's, she's got a lot of potential in the professional wrestling business. And she, she has an understated charisma to her. I'm a fan of this part of this. And if she can push them to be more serious and they can make it so Angelo Dawkins is just doesn't do a lot, and just wears two headbands, and that's just the thing he does, (laughs) then great. Because Montez Ford has all the charisma in the world. And if they can make them a little more serious, and they can have their red solo cups, and they can have some fun with the crowd, and maybe they can get rid of this stupid catchphrase that means nothing. I know they won't do that because that's everything they do is catchphrases. But I I I can get behind all that. Uh, for the first time in ever on the main roster, I've seen a light at the end of the tunnel for the team. It won't go that way. I know it won't, but I l- at least did not detest a Street profit segment, and I'm happy for that.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, if Angelo Dawkins wore one less or one more headband, do you think you would notice
0: I, Angelo Dawkins does everything in his power to make sure that I do not look at him. He's, he, he never does anything interesting as a promo or in the ring. So I know he could wear 30, he could be covered in nothing but headbands.
1: He could be the Elias of headbands. He
0: could, he could look like the Michelin man. He could be covered in headbands head to toe and I wouldn't notice. And I'm pretty sure other people wouldn't either. I
1: I think I would have noticed at that point, but he could probably put on another seven to eight headbands and I, I, it would probably slip by me.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that was Raw. Listen, there was a couple nice segments. I, I did think the Alistair Black stuff was nice. Uh, the Charlotte Flair interview, I, I don't understand. Is Charlotte Flair, she's still on Raw, even though she's the NXT Women's Champion. Is that a thing?
1: Dra- does, does, does that make draft sense? Draft picks about to expire, but uh, I, I, does that I work know there too?
0: She's not drafted into that brand, but <laughs> if someone wins the other person's championship, doesn't they go? Don't they go defend that title on that show? Well, it was kind of like when Becky had both belts. She was still a Raw
1: superstar, but was also the SmackDown Women's Champion at the okay. same time. Okay. Like, I like they they don't know how to explain it. They're just they, they the want to s- just be like just shut up and and, and go along with it we can't we can't come up with this
0: if it's internally consistent i'm fine
1: but yeah um and then as for uh aew did this did this episode make you feel a little better
0: than last week oh my god yes this is a good show yeah I enjoyed this. I enjoyed almost all of this. The, no Matt Hardy. <laughs> no cutting promos on drones. The, there was one. What was my least favorite thing on this show, Mike? What do um,
1: you think? Hold on. I gotta. I gotta think of like as much.
0: Uh, I. I'm not sure. I hated the inner circle brady bunch oh whatever thing oh, they did. oh yeah yeah i that was unwatchable
1: I, I took that out of
0: my mind that wasn't clever it wasn't funny and the big thing i hated about that is that these guys are all talking on their phones but there's a camera yes. in every one of their rooms <laughs> i i i don't i don't get this I want a little more reality brought in to my professional wrestling. If they just would have done this entire thing on their phones and we saw the FaceTime, the videos, Like Kind of like
1: a Zoom thing. Like yes. They were all squares. Uh,
0: yes. I think it could have. It, they didn't do anything funny in it. They didn't do anything that engaging, but it would have worked more. I really hate this idea that... And I know I'm going back a while, but Shane McMahon is in his office and someone walks in and there's a camera there and no one knows the camera's there, but they're having a conversation. Why is there a camera in Chris Jericho's house? Why is there a camera in Sammy Guevara's house? Why? Just give us, they would never do that in any other professional sport. So don't do it here. So I hated that, hated that across-the-board garbage. Other than that, pretty goddamn good show.
1: Yeah. We we didn't have a tag team match. No. A little strange.
0: Yeah, very strange for this promotion.
1: Um, But we had... Uh, the Colt Cabana and Lance Archer match was much longer than I was originally anticipating it to be like I I thought it was going to be a slightly extended squash, uh, but they they kept Colt competitive in this match but still had the 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 guy who seems like he's more important in the booking go over and doesn't it didn't make Colt look bad in the whole thing.
0: well listen, they did video packages for both one was the the Jake uh talking Jake Roberts, head segment yeah which was good.
1: Yeah. That dude his, can still cut a mean pro. And his voice was better. Yeah.
0: I heard him more clearly. It was very concise. It was really well done. And it, it was interspliced with that video of him beating up all those hillbillies, which has its own problems, but fine. And uh but it was really well done and they did a video package on Colt Cabana because these guys are all in this title tournament in this title matters so they did that and do i like colt cabana doing a superman dive over into a really shitty pin with a giant goofy smile on his face no i do not i have no interest in seeing that but he did try to play up his athleticism and the fact that he is a professional wrestler and experienced i experienced at that yeah and he lost He lost to a guy who he should be losing to in a decent match that did not have too much comedy. I I know you and I differ in this completely when it comes to the comedy and inside the ring stuff, but I thought this was well presented and still, it still gave credence to that aspect of Colt Cabana. It didn't just ignore it, but it also highlighted the fact that he was a serious in-ring competitor and was going to go in there in a serious manner. Mm-hmm. And Lance Archer was pre- presented well. It was not a squash, so to speak, but it got the point across. Good.
1: Yeah, perfect to me. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else did we have here? We, uh, there was a, a few squash matches. Britt Baker beating an enhancement talent. Uh, Sammy Guevara beating an enhancement talent. Uh I I felt like there was one other one in there. Spears. Spears, yeah.
0: But this is the good thing about this. Across the board, okay, Britt Baker cuts a promo inside a dentist's office. She uses the fact that her nose is broken, and she kept competing the match as a reason to hate her more because she's gloating about what a role model she is. Beautiful heel work there. Still not the most comfortable on camera. Still not the best promo, but they did their best with her and they used a real-world situation that they did not plan for for their benefit. Good job with that. Then they had her go out there and squash somebody, and they also had her beat somebody without her finish. Yeah. Love that. Love that. That is one of my favorite things in the world to see because it makes things in normal matches non is less predictable. The Spears squash... Spears loses to Cody last week. He goes and beats Billy Gunn on Dark, apparently, and they feature him again here on a swash match. Well, maybe they're actually doing something with Spears. Spears has some charisma. We know that. I'm happy they're doing something with it. It was well done. Not everything needs to be a competitive match. Not everything needs to be. This was an episode of Superstars.
1: I was just going to say uh, earlier, this reminded me a lot of old superstars, how you have uh, a few squash matches and then a couple named matches. And it. and
0: it worked. And it worked because of it, because they they they, they put the narrative across. I want to see what Spears is going to do next. I want to see what Britt Baker is going to do next. I like the fact that they, pl- they presented these things in this way. And what they didn't do, is they didn't do any fucking in-ring promos to push along storylines. They progressed storylines with squash matches. They progressed storylines with vignettes and packages to show why we should care about these people and give us background on them. This was such a better presentation of pro wrestling than the WWE has put on in a long, long time.
1: Yeah, I I, I absolutely agree with that. Um and then you you had texted me during the main event that you were so happy to see Moxley wrestling. And I I gotta say, this match may be the best uh Hager swagger match I've ever seen. Oh, without him. a doubt. and
0: well, it's, it's a low bar. <laughs> it's a low bar but this was the best match he's ever had.
1: Uh, yeah. And th- despite that this was a no holds barred match, I felt like the the use of outside dirty work whether whatever you want to call it was kept minimal and there was still just a lot of ring work, like actual wrestling, mat wrestling. There was there was MMA type uh stuff with like takedowns and working working on submissions and defense against submissions and 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 stuff like that that you don't typically see out of moxley and to see that he uh not only can do it but do it well is just a reminder that he is still a very sound wrestler who doesn't really showcase that uh, enough
0: I enjoyed this, and and let me let me go ahead and do what I normally do. Let me let me shit on the things that I'm going <laughs> to shit on, and then I'll explain why I still really enjoyed this. One, this is a no holds barred match, but rope breaks are appropriate. This is a match where you can use a steel chair, but when a guy gets in the ropes, you can do you you have to break. What? How Did you is that you also catch that?
1: JR earlier in the match said it was pins count anywhere, but yes. later on said there are no pins count anywhere.
0: I, I only heard the first part of it. And that's another thing it falls count anywhere. How are there rope breaks? How do you have to break a submission at all? Yeah. I don't understand that. Give me some clarification, guys. Give me some reason. Give me some rules for someone to break and then make these guys follow these rules. It's very, very simple and it makes a better match. It just makes a better match. Across the board, it does. Uh, the other thing is is that there was a lot of... The the outside portion of this, I will say, better done and more believable than Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin, <laughs> right? Uh, There's a low bar at that. But I'm just saying, like, most WWE productions, when they go outside the ring, they uh, they immediately become garbage matches. This was a little more engaging than those. But anytime someone has to like physically like drag somebody to where their next spot is, it drives me insane. Because that guy's not going to walk with you. Why would
1: he do that? Get up and walk with me over to this yeah, table. Yeah, come on over.
0: We're going to do some stuff over here now, guy. I hate that. I really, really hate that. Uh, so those two things drove me a little bit nuts. But the wrestling in-ring work, the counters, Jr. calling, no, Hager was blocking those knees, right? That, if, if that was Michael Cole, oh, knee to the face, knee to the face, knee to the face. No, he was blocking those knees. And that's good because he's showing defense. When If you watch a, the, the Rocky movies, everything's a haymaker and everything lands. If you're watching an actual prize fight, very few punches really land flush because these are yeah. professional boxers that are holding their hands up and they're blocking most of what's happening. That's what a good fight should look like. And I think that Hager and Moxie did an amazing job in the ring for that first third of the match. And I was glued to it. I didn't check my phone. I wasn't playing around. I was just, I was like, I love this. Then they got outside the ring and they fucked around for a little bit. It was still more believable there was still something about the way they did the camera work and stuff that kept me engaged, but I'm a little bit spacey. I'm I'm a little bit flighty. I'm not as into it. Then <laughs> they got back in the ring, got back into the match. And overall it was really well done. I love Jr's commentary on it. I think he did everything really well other than apparently what you said, which is kind of contradicting himself on the match and the rules. Uh, I really wish. I know this must have been taped. I don't know a month ago. It wasn't.
1: It wasn't the same arena. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was a different arena. I would have liked to have seen this match with. And I know it, it all comes down to. And this is just my wishful thinking. This is not a, a a knock on them. But if I had my perfect situation, no stage, no video packages, maybe music blares over the. uh that sound system when they come out. But I think it should have been very, very raw and more raw than it was, especially since it was taped and there's no one out there in the crowd. But that was one little, little thing for me. Uh, I thought the finish was fine. It protected Hager in his own way. I don't know where you go with Jake Hager from here because he's been built up as such a badass, and then he just lost. I think AEW can make it work. I'm I'm interested to see where that, what 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 happens with that. What what do you think about that? What do you think I, about someone like Hager losing this match?
1: I I don't know if they've ever truly intended on him being like a main player more so as the muscle and support for this faction. And I I still think that he has the credibility for that to still be the muscle of the inner circle, still be a guy that Jericho and all his cronies can kind of hide behind. And because of his legitimate, uh, fighting background now, uh, still lends himself some credibility there. And I, I, I unfortunately think that that's just kind of where he's at. Um, because he, here's the, here's the tough thing. I mean, luckily there is no MMA right now. Uh, otherwise, eventually, you risk the chance of him losing a match big time in MMA and still having to book around that in professional wrestling. That's a risk that you have for a guy doing a scripted, predetermined form of entertain- athletic entertainment and doing legitimate and uh, athletic entertainment at the same time. Um,
0: yeah, I mean that's an interesting take on it. I, I've never, I, I've never watched a uh, MMA fight in, in its entirety, and have no interest to ever in my life. So I think that uh, Jake Hager losing his next fourteen MMA fights does not in any way affect his uh, promotion in AEW. But I have a, a different uh, take on that because of my, you know, my, my preferences of things that I actually like to watch. I'm more, they wanted to build him up as a monster, as an unstoppable guy. And he's been stopped. We, we saw this with Wardlow and MJF. Yeah. In the, in the Cody situation. And <clears throat> I just always wonder, what's the next step to rebuild that guy? What's the next step to make him still imposing? Because now that he's beaten, what does that mean for him? And as a heel, you have a little bit more to go with because once you get beaten, no one liked you in the first place. They don't like who you are and, and they're supposed to boo you. So it's kind of okay. But in this situation, you've got to rehabilitate your monster a little bit. You've got to, you've got to rehabilitate the inner circle. I mean, Jericho loses his title. Hager loses. Does Guevara win the TNT championship now? Because you've got to get some gold and some rub on the inner circle. I mean, there, there's a lot of ways you can you can play this. And, and good promotions know what to do with this. I hope that, and, and I have not liked much of what Hager's done, period, in AEW. But I like this. And I thought it was believable and I liked the counter wrestling that him and Moxley did. I, I wanna I want more of that. I could I could really, really watch more of that. Yeah. And really, really enjoy it.
1: Yeah. So yeah, a pretty pretty good episode of Dynamite.
0: I, I thought it was great. And I thought it was it was so far ahead of what they've been doing for the last couple of weeks. I was engaged with it, and it it gave me a little a little uh, little shot in the arm for my enjoyment of pro wrestling.
1: Yeah. All right, so let let's talk a little bit about the now very big elephant in the room. Uh, with as of this recording, we recorded this after Dynamite, uh, as we normally would on a Wednesday earlier today. WWE went on a major spree of uh, cuts uh, to their company. Um, a number of wrestlers were uh, let go. a number of producers were either furloughed or uh, let go. Um, the the number is over 20 uh, at this point and there's st- there are some. NXT wrestlers who said that they've been let go but haven't been officially announced uh, by WWE as others have been. Um, I guess this shouldn't be super surprising, and and most of the names are people who are not prominent characters on uh, on television are uh, almost at best just support. Uh, probably like Kurt Angle is probably the biggest name on the list because he's a hall of famer, but he hasn't been used in over a year. Um, but like you have people like Gallows and Anderson who have been playing as major support to AJ for the last number of months, uh, Rowan, who has been a kind of like up-and-down gatekeeper to the heavyweight division, I guess you could say.
0: And also big into mechanical spiders.
1: Yes, very big. An enthusiast, maybe, even. Oh, yes, yes. Um, and and someone like Rusev, who is just a beloved character by the fans that WWE just never truly got behind. Uh, this is probably... Best for the company, not just financially, but there's a lot of these people who are just,
0: they toiling, yeah. toiling away with no direction. They will never be used in a meaningful way, shape, or form by the company. This is very sad. Anytime someone loses their job, it's a very yeah. sad situation. We are dealing with this. So there, are, there are people <laughs> making. $20,000 a year that have lost their jobs. They're in a worse spot than anybody in the WWE who has, I, I would assume. Uh, maybe I don't know their financial situations, and I'm talking out of my ass. But anytime someone loses their job, it's a thing to be sad about. But this was coming. It had to be coming. They're they losing millions and millions of dollars in live event revenue and there are people painting Vince McMahon in this situation and the WWE as being just like callous and all this I don't necessarily agree with that I mean listen businesses are cutting back and you kind of have to and they've got they've got so many people on their books out of spite the amount of people on the WWE's books just so they don't sign with somebody else is staggering we saw yeah. that with the revival, who are now free and clear, but and we saw that with so many people that they just kept in their books so they would not be able to sign with another promotion. And now that you've got some real talent, I mean Anderson and Gallows showing up in AEW, yeah, Rusev, yeah. There's some real. There's some real people there that could really move the needle and. Listen, I'm sure they are not thrilled to be losing a paycheck, and I do not want to downplay that. But there could be some very good things, both of what you said and the fact that these are people that the WWE did not need in the first place. Yeah, and some of them and they didn't to, value them. Yeah, and some of them are going to find greener pastures in the next couple months when things resume. And AEW really does need a talent infusion. There, there are too many people that are on that show that have a, that they've already reached their ceiling and a guy like Rusev or whatever he's going to end up being called could be a main event guy. And man, do I hope he gets that opportunity. So yeah, even someone like Sarah Logan, Sarah Logan has done, uh, she's still green. She's still young. But I think Sarah Logan, with the right presentation and uh, maybe a little bit of uh, directing of not just working WWE matches, could be an imposing and great figure in the women's division. EC three. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. Doesn't there's another dude? Person. Dude great, has the look, the charisma, great mic
1: skills. Yeah, he, he's got a he's a pretty solid hand in the ring, like why they just gave up on that guy once he was on the main, why they called him up just to give up on him. Like that
0: guy has
1: stuff going on
0: for him too. Yeah. So there definitely are some names there that I hope get an opportunity somewhere else to, to, to be more successful than where they were before. Yeah.
1: Fun fact, I guess, that I didn't realize Heath Slater has been with that company for 16 years. I didn't realize that. Uh, Cause that was at least what he said in, uh, yeah. The last, after 16 years. Yeah.
0: I, Jesus. I, I think he should show up on AEW next week as red Cassidy. <laughs> and I mean, that could work. He, he can, uh,
1: hang out with Kip Sabian. He is the, the other Cassidy, uh, <laughs> but yeah, this uh, there there's some silver lining to this for a lot of these these folks, um, and who knows, the, uh, the WWE has been known to bring people back. Uh, well,
0: yeah, I, I'm I'm sure some but, of these people are coming back. I'm sure yeah. some of these people are coming back when business resumes as normal. I do not doubt that i don't I don't think this is the last chapter uh for many of these people, but it's 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 a it's a different time in the business. Uh, things have, are changing rapidly. We don't know. I mean now we have live shows again coming from the performance center. i, I believe they've canceled the venue for money in the bank already they have yeah, so they're gonna have to do that from the performance center again. Uh, aew is still promoting their pay-per-view their next upcoming Mm pay-per-view and we'll see where that comes from we've just been watching taped everything right i mean this was not live that we saw on wednesday this is all taped stuff so we don't even know what's going to happen with them and and what's going to how any of these storylines are going to play out i mean how how they're going to present their television so unprecedented times a wave of firings that were unexpected but probably should have been and we'll see what next week looks like it's uh it's an ever-changing environment that we live in michael
1: yes yes it is all right so um with that said uh is there anything else that you think that we should be touching on
0: I don't think so. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot going on, but I I think we've we've covered everything that was like you know pressing in front of mind.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, once again for joining us. Uh, Make sure that you check out our social media at Miss Spots on Twitter and Instagram, Um, and uh, listen to the show in whichever way suits your needs. Let a friend, family member. whoever who might be into wrestling know about the show they can listen to us on our website misspotspodcast.com or simply misspots.com as well as all of the major streaming services Um, we'll be back next week talk more about this weird wacky ever-changing world of professional wrestling for kevin my name's mike see you next week good night good wrestling